It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome back to Everyone's Night Terrors. The Little Yellow Dress, written by Jamie Lynn Michaels in 1966, and taken from our archives on February 19th, 2022. Narrated by Tracy Babian. As I sit here and think about that horrible nightmare that I just can't seem to shake, I realize that to tell it would be a good thing to do. My therapist thinks that to write it all down will help with the memories. I just need to get this off my mind as much as possible. So, without further ado, here is my nightmare. The Master Sergeant couldn't handle the thought of going back to Vietnam. It was just too much. He realized that his new spouse was abusive to his youngest children. He had allowed it, not even in control of his own household. And he couldn't handle that either. Drink was a small escape by where pain could be relieved. He wouldn't have his two youngest daughters if his ex-wife hadn't died. He'd already shipped the older of the two off to her grandparents. The situation was just intolerable. Why did he have to do a third tour in Vietnam? Weren't two tours enough? World War II and Korea were still haunting his nights, were what went through his mind before the bullet hit. He wasn't the only one in the room that he'd locked himself into. I opened my eyes in hoping that what I had just seen was only a nightmare. I looked around the bathroom to find it was absolutely covered in blood, bones, fragments, and brains. Who was this guy that had just shot himself in the head? I couldn't remember. I remembered that my name was Renee. I didn't realize what had happened. I was way too young to know. I was only four years old. I had no idea that the guy had committed suicide in front of me. All I could do was just stare at the man lying on the floor, his face turned away from me showing a huge hole in the back of his head. It was almost as if I could see to the other wall through the hole. I looked around trying to figure out what to do next. I had only just come to live with these people. Unsure what to do, I tried to stand up and flailed with my arms flying out trying to catch myself. The floor was so slick, I couldn't even stand up. I fell to my knees with a hard whack. Instantly the pain consumed me, and all I could do was cry in fear and pain. Huddled in a corner, as far away from the man on the floor as I could get, I stared into nothingness. It was so cold sitting on the floor in my little yellow dress. I laid my head on my knees and continued to cry until finally falling asleep. Right now, we're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back. Okay, daggone it. I can't tell if this thing's on or not. Ah! Stupid scriptwriters. Two feathers. Get your hiney in here and tell me if this Rachel, thing is on or not. stop yelling. We can hear you loud and clear. Okay, hang on. I'm almost there. I've got two cups of tea in my hands. Move the, Move the mouse, mouse pointer, pointer to wake up the screen. Move the mouse pointer to wake up the screen. For goodness sakes, I should have known that. Ugh. 
Thanks. Okay, good. You've got the script up on the screen. You ready, Two Feathers? Yep. Let's do this. Hi, folks. I'm Rachel Robeson. And I'm Two Feathers, back from the Scribe's Passage. The journey we've been on with the Carlson Chronicles has been epic. Boy, you've got that right. Especially the trip I took retrieving Lars from the Scribe's Passage. Rachel, remind me to tell you about that for your records later. Trust me, I will. My son, N. Carlson, is surveying and recording his journeys on the surface to find out what the land outside the freehold looks like. Wow, it has been pretty amazing to find that the planet has recovered as well as it has. I know. I'm not fond of those thunder snow and snownado storms. Extremely dangerous. That's true. The last storm was pretty intense, not to mention cold. And just think, winter has just started. We've got a while yet to go to August. Not looking forward to these treks. Well, that gives our listeners something to look forward to. If you haven't listened to our chronicles, then you can hear us on CastBox, Audible, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Seriously, we are recording our adventures so you know what to expect when you get a chance to go to the surface from your freehold. The Kyleson Chronicles, written by J.A. Babian. A Privy Project production. And now back to our story. When I woke next, there were people all over the house. A big truck was in the front yard with lights that were going round and round. I was laying on the floor in what the lady and her son had called the living room. It was so cold with the door open. Grabbing the blanket that was around me, I tried my best not to make a sound, but also I wanted to stay warm. My stomach hurt from being so hungry. I hadn't had any food at all today. I was afraid that if I made any noise, the lady would stick me back in the basement where at the bottom of the stairs she often tied me to that bottom step. I didn't want to go without food again as I had in the past. The woman turned around and noticed that I was awake. All she could do was glare at me as if I'd done something wrong. I hid my head and tried to disappear from the lady's glare. Why would she blame me? The boy came over and asked me, You okay? All I could do was nod yes. I was so afraid to say anything, I just hugged the blanket as close as I could get it. I knew the boy only by the name of Butch. He seemed to be nice, but sometimes he got me into trouble without really meaning to. The boy reached out and stroked my hair out of my face. He leaned close and whispered, Everything will be alright. I'm here. I won't let her hurt you. Everything after that was a blur. I don't remember much except that I was loaded into a car with a different lady, a man, and her daughter. The lady was yelling at the woman and her son. I didn't understand what was being said. I tried to be as tiny as I could in the back seat of the car I was in. Finally, the lady came back and got into the front seat. The man started up the car and we drove for what seemed like hours. I slept most of that trip. I was shaken awake by the little girl sitting next to me. Hey, wake up. You want to eat? She asked. I nodded yes. The little girl helped me climb out of the back of the seat. The woman caught me by the shoulder and turned me around. She took a tissue out of her pocket, put it to her lips, 
and then gently wiped my face off from what she called dirt on my face. As we approached the eating place, I thought it was a little odd to have a huge doll in checkered pants holding a plate with a hamburger on it standing outside the door of the restaurant. All I could do was stare as, it, as I went in the door. We sat down at the table with two bench seats on each side. The lady sat with me and the little girl sat with the man on the other side. The lady turned to me and said, I know this is all pretty scary for you, but I'm your older sister. My name is Anne. She pointed to the man and told me his name was Johnny and the little girl's name was Jean. I nodded and said a very low, hi, in return. The man turned angry and said, when you speak, you will speak loud enough for others to hear you. Do I make myself clear? Anne put her hand on my leg under the table for comfort. I replied, yes, sir. Jean looked almost terrified looking straight ahead and not saying a word. The man ordered food for all of us. He had Jean share her food with me. I ate as quickly as I could. The lady in the pretty pink dress and hat came by and left the man with a piece of paper. He got up and went to the lady behind the counter and handed her some money. She handed him money back and thanked him. He came back to the table and said, Let's go. We don't have all day to daydream. We left that place and climbed back into the car. We drove for a little bit longer and stopped in front of a strange looking place that had a lot of doors on the building. He went inside to the office and then came back out with a key in his hand. He located the room that matched the number on the tag. He yanked me out of the car and did the same with Jean. The lady could only stand there with what looked like fear on her face. I could feel it rolling off of her in waves. I didn't understand until I got inside the room and he slammed the door shut. After the man had slammed the door shut, he turned around and undid his belt and yanked it off his hips. He grabbed me by my hair and said, I'm going to whip you for your behavior in the restaurant. He yanked my coat off, pulled my yellow dress up, bent me over the side of a bed and started hitting me with his belt. I screamed after the first hit. He then yelled at me to shut up and just kept hitting me. I was crying so violently that I got the hiccups. At one point, I think I even passed out from the pain. When I came to, I was in a different place. There was no so-called room that I could see, just a grayish white floor that I was laying on. It wasn't cold or hot on the floor as it was in the lady's house I'd come from. The room was white as far as the eye could see. At first it looked like nothing was there, but as my eyes adjusted there were swirling clouds all around me. The hiccups were gone and my eyes were cleared up from crying, and the pain that I had felt was also gone. Then a voice asked, are you alright? All I could do was nod yes. I looked down at my body. There was no more blood, no open sores and my little yellow dress was pretty again. I looked around for the voice trying to locate it, but there was nothing that I could see. Who are you? I asked in a small and timid voice. I am your guide. Is that okay? A soothing toned voice answered. I nodded yes again and said yes. Where are you? I asked as I tried to look around. 
Why, I'm right here. Look behind you. The voice replied with just a touch of laughter in it. I turned around slowly and saw a woman standing there. For some reason, she looked familiar to me, but I couldn't place the face I looked at. She wore a white flowing dress. She was plump. Her eyes were blue in color, and her hair was a dark brown. Her face was pleasant and calming to look at. That seemed to take down some of the fear I was feeling. I suddenly realized that I could remember all my colors that everyone had been trying to teach me. Now why would I remember them now? I looked back up to the woman's face. Her eyes sparkled and danced as she looked at me. I could smell a scent of flowers all around me. I tried to see where the flowers were, but the room was still as blank as it was when I woke up. Where am I at? I asked the lady. That is something I will tell you a little later, she smiled as she replied to me. Renee, how about we take a walk? Would you like that? She held out her hand for me to take it and followed her. I guess that's okay. I don't know where I am. Then I realized I wasn't hungry. I felt so full that it almost put me to sleep. So I took her hand and she began to lead me through the mist. As we walked, the woman would look down at me and smile from time to time. All I could do was smile back. It was so peaceful in this strange place. I hadn't known what peace was until I'd gotten here. After walking for a short time, the woman stopped and bent down to look me in the face. I have to take you somewhere that may frighten you. You just hold on to my hand, okay? As she reached out and stroked my face with her other hand. All I could do was nod at her and say, yes ma'am, just like I was taught to do. My daddy would be so proud when he heard I had remembered. But then I remembered my dad was the man laying on the bathroom floor with a big hole in his head. That made me feel so sad that he wouldn't see how good I was after all. I was the one who had caused him to hurt himself, wasn't I? That's what everyone had said. Then the mist started to pull back and I was in that room where the man was with the belt. I could see the woman sitting at a table by a huge window holding the little girl on her lap. This was the girl from the back seat of the car we had ridden in. She was hiding her face in the woman's chest while the woman rocked and patted her back, trying to soothe the frightened girl. The woman had tears running down her face. I looked back at the man as he swung the belt again, except this time he was hitting the little girl laying on the bed with the fastener of the belt. I heard a scream from the little girl, saw blood flying everywhere around them. The man's face was so distorted with rage it was very frightening. I squeezed the woman's hand as tight as I could. I felt her hand tighten around mine, letting me know she was there to protect me, telling me everything would be okay. I looked back at the girl in the bed just as she rolled off and fell to the floor. With horror, I realized who the little girl was. It was my face I was looking at. All I could do was scream and scream and scream. From out of the depths of sleep, I could hear someone calling my name. I struggled to find my way back to that voice, frantically climbing back 
from the depths of the dream. Renee, 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 wake up. You're having a nightmare. Wake up, Renee. As I started waking up, I recognized the voice as Austin, my husband. Finally, I was able to open my eyes to see him, the voice, sitting on the bed next to me. He held my hand in his right one. Honey, are you all right? He calmly continued, stroking my face with his left hand. That must have been some nightmare you had. You were screaming so loud I thought you were going to wake up the neighbors. I looked over and saw that it was 2.38 in the morning. I rubbed my eyes with the back of my hand. I smiled up at Austin. I couldn't really talk too much at this point as my brain was still filled with sleep and the ever-dying images of that dream. All I could do was look at him and remember the nightmare, to remember the girl in the dress. I thought to myself, that was no nightmare. I know exactly who that little girl was. Looking towards my closet, I had a box in there that was taped shut and hidden behind other stuff stored inside on the shelf. In the box was what that nightmare was formed from. Inside the box laid the little yellow dress. Disclaimer. This feature story is based on actual facts. It is fiction in this form and the names have been changed. Mostly this is a story of a child witnessing selfish acts of brutalism and the lifelong terrors that haunted her dreams. The suppositions are projections based on acquired knowledge of the events. Original story and adaptation edited by J.A. Babian. Thank you for listening to Everyone's Night Terrors. We'll be back again, so tune in for our next story and adventure. This is Tracy Babian, your narrator, signing off. Tuesday Terror really gets the nerves on edge and gives you a nice, healthy fear of the dark. For a change, catch Bells in the Bat Free, where your nerves will still be on edge, but with a nice, healthy fear of bad puns, silly situations, and absurd plots. Bells in the Bat Free, in Friday Follies and every other week in Sunday Showcase. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>